I have to go within and go, what is it that I'm facing, that I'm challenged with, that I need to work on? Because they're who they are. I'm doing great. I'm grateful to be here. <laughs> Exciting. Nervous a little bit? Interesting is what I would say because <laughs> I haven't done many lives. I think I've done one a long time ago. So this is kind of new. <laughs> yeah, but you do have a podcast. Yes. So um, the theme is leadership. But first, I want to get to know you uh, before we dive into the topic of leadership. So tell me about yourself. I see you run a podcast. What's your podcast about and what's something you would like to the audience to get to know about you? Um, the podcast is Attitude of Altitude, and it's truly about individuals paying attention to themselves, who they're being on a daily basis, and learning from others that have come before them, that have gone through challenges, have learned something, and have come out of it still being kind, being respectful, and really moving forward in who they are. So the podcast is all about teaching leadership from within, in a sense by sharing someone else's individuality. And every once in a while, I will jump in there and put in my two cents worth in my own podcast through that attitude of altitude. And it's all a journey of learning. I've been doing it for two and a half years, I think, Ida. And it's definitely been a journey of getting more comfortable, talking to the individual, sharing a little more of who I am, and really asking questions that are impactful for someone that's listening. Mm, that's nice. I like the leadership from within. That's the, that's the name of the podcast starts. you said is. <laughs> and the name of the podcast is Wow, how did you come about that name? Um, a combination. A combination of understanding of running multiple uh, speaker events, running a networking event and noticing the difference in people's attitude as they come into the various places and how they come across. People that have an attitude of how do we move forward, how do we grow, how do we become better, they tend to be better networkers and better listeners. So that was the first part, like your attitude really does make the difference in how you come across, how you treat people. And the altitude obviously is the growth in you and in others as they see you. So I put the two together is the attitude of altitude. And I put it under my company, which is Planet of One, all with that thinking that we're all connected. We're all on a path of making our lives better, becoming better, and really making a difference within who we are in our families, communities, and impacting the world so that we become better. So that's how all of this came together. How about you, Ida? Well, so um, where do I start? I'm a mom <laughs> of three adorable kids. Um, I'm based in Canada, and my entire mission is around empowerment. So I want to change people's lives through financial education because I find that that is one of the things that is really missing because Everybody is included. So there's something I see. Um, I'm trying to bridge the gap between financial inclusion and financial education. Because, and it's really inspired by my own story because I was born and raised in Africa um, in a small country called Cameroon. And I moved over to Canada at the age of 24. And when I came over here, single, 
um, no kids, single, there's a lot of things that, well, when you get in here, a lot of things get thrown at you. First of all, you get included. You get financial inclusion. So people are going to right off the ball, offer you credit cards, offer you like whatever you get this financial inclusion, but there's nobody teaching you exactly what you need to do. Nobody teaching you what you should and shouldn't do. And so a lot of people make mistakes. I made a lot of mistakes. And at a certain point, like when I finally, between my husband and I, when we finally put the finances together and we looked at things, it was like, oh my goodness, we make a lot of money, but we are pretty much living paycheck to paycheck because we've never really taken the time to understand like the things we should do to make the money grow, the things we shouldn't do in order to kind of build wealth, which at the end of the day, it's not all about the money, but money affects the way you carry yourself. Money affects the decisions you make on a daily basis. It affects your choices you make on a daily basis, how you communicate with your friends, your family. Like it's one of those things that are going to be like a very big stress factor in a lot of relationships, even though people don't want to talk about it. And so just going through that and coming out on the other side, now I look at it and I see a lot of people still in the same place and it's like, okay, what if I could share my journey, share how I got into debt, which is something people don't want to talk about, but how I got into debt, how I paid it off or we paid it off and now helping people to figure out a way to handle their finances in a way that empowers them rather than doing it in a way that is like, it's just another thing you need to take care of, right? So it's about getting intentional. So it's all about changing lives through financial education, but mainly just bridging that gap between the inclusion and the, and the education piece that's not there. So that's what I do. I love how you're saying it, actually, Ida, because I think it is true for personal development, the same as financial growth is really delving into and looking at the things that are going on within your life to be able to actually address them and not be shamed by them. Because financial stability is the same way. You've got to understand what it is you're touching and why you're touching it and begin to grow it. So there's a lot of alignment when people grow financial stuff to personal development, understanding who you are. So I think it's beautiful what you're doing. And it's true. A lot of individuals that come from a different country, because we came from Lebanon originally, you don't understand the system and you get handed a lot of things, but mm -hmm. yet you don't know how to manage them. So it's wonderful that you understand it and teach that and help others with it. And for me, also the other aspect of simply growing up is someone teaching you that you're responsible. Leadership mm -hmm. is a responsibility for yourself, for what you're willing to take on and not take on, what you're willing to learn, what you're willing to let go of so that you can expand who you are in every aspect of your life. Because you can't have personal freedom without having also some financial freedom to go along with it. Talk about that from your perspective. It's absolutely true because this, and I think it's Gary Vee who mentioned this, so I want to bring it in a little bit. He talks about like, for example, the 18 year olds, 18 plus, who don't want their parents interfering in anything in their lives, but they're still living in their parents' homes, living in the basements. The parents are still paying for everything for you. It gets to that point where the person who controls your money in a way has to control your life because they are the ones who are 
responsible for your upkeep, but they are the ones who, have, who are taking care of you. So um, going back to your question, how does that impact? How does that financial aspect in, impact like you and your personal leadership? It totally does because if you don't know how to handle yourself, you will not know how to handle your finances. And oftentimes we just see this, you see this um, behavior spiraling out of control and you think it's just, well, you're just not good at that particular thing when it's really because you've never really taken responsibility to recognize that you are the person who caused the problems that you are in. I could sit here and blame, oh, nobody taught me about financial education, but I really need to know that I could have gone out to learn the things that I'm learning now. And so it's just looking in the mirror to say, hey, if I'm at a place where I don't, if I'm at a place that I don't like, I need to recognize that it is my responsibility to change it. I can't sit and wait for some magic wand to make things better. I have to be the one to, to own up to, hey, I don't like this thing. What can I do to change it? And that's where personal leadership comes into place in, in everything in life, really. You are so accurate. I love that you're saying that I work with, young individuals that are 18 to about 28. And the biggest part that we go through is the 100% responsibility in taking charge. And some of the feedback that comes back is that, what about the negative things? What about the things that aren't going right? I said, especially those. Those are your learning tools. If you're not doing well in a certain area and you can figure it out, then you can hire the person that can help you. You can go find the information. You can do the things that you need to to become better so that you don't look at anybody as better than you or less than you. That's the one thing about taking responsibility that I really address with them is that person might have learned something that you haven't simply taken the time to do. And if it's not your cup of tea, great. Then at least go work with someone that understands those pieces so that you can become better. So you working with finances is wonderful. That's not my cup of tea. I'd rather work with someone who understands this stuff and can guide me and can teach me what I need to know. And if it's something else, go find the information, but never take the road of looking down at someone because they don't know something or looking up to someone. They simply have taken the time and energy to learn it. And that's the biggest part, I think, in leadership is understanding those pieces. How does that come across with you as you're working with your own clients and building on what you've learned in your own life? So I can put them into, into broad categories. And there are some people that I speak to who just don't want to take the responsibility. They just want to blame everybody for their situation. Oh, I pay too much taxes. Oh, the bank is charging me a lot of fees. Oh, like those are the complaints I would hear. Oh, I pay too much taxes. And I'm like, okay, what do you think the taxes that you pay gets you? You go to the hospital and you don't have to pay a dime. Where do you think the money comes from? And so it is just about... So, so the categories of people is the set of people who first is the set of people who don't want to take responsibility of anything, who want to blame it all on everybody else. There's the set of people who are like, okay, you take this and fix it. I don't want to deal with it. And then there's a set of people who want to learn 
yes, they're going to let you handle the things for them, but they want to be involved and they want to know, like taking full responsibility. So if you're taking a decision, you know, it's your decision, you're fully informed. And so usually when I'm working with people, I want to get them from that place of like the blaming or the victim mentality to the place of I am taking responsibility. I understand what I'm supposed to have done. Now show me how to do the thing that I need to do. So it's those two extremes, but that this is the other side that I want people to be at. It's and usually when I start to work with a lot of people, it goes, sorry, it goes with the mindset piece because when you see somebody who starts with the victim mindset, it's like, wow, we got a lot of work to do. Because to go from, to change the mindset, to go from that place of victimhood to being like, it's my fault. There's something I can do about it. It's super hard. Most people don't want to take responsibility. But when you start to point and then they can see, oh, well, it's not actually the government's fault. The government is doing what they have to do. It's not actually your parents' fault. They did what they thought was the right thing for you. Now, who else is to blame? It's you. If you're broke, it's because you actually spent the money. Nobody got into your bank account to go and spend the money for you. But nobody wants to hear that. But you have to take that responsibility to be able to then lead yourself to this new place that you want to be at. That's beautiful. That's so well said. Because you're right, that victimhood mentality of blaming anything outside of you is what keeps a lot of people in the space that they're at. And I notice a lot with the young individuals, even adults, when we talk and discuss this stuff and they begin to blame, my first question to them is, can you explain to me what's happening in that place? Or can you explain to me exactly what's happening with that person? Because you'll find out that they really don't know much about it, but it's easy for them to point a finger towards it than to say, I needed to work on this. I needed to do this. That understanding part is really the part that a lot of people aren't willing to say that I don't understand what's going on in Ida's life and I've never taken the time to do it, but yet, hey, I can point a finger at her and go, oh, she's not doing this or that. And she came <laughs> on this Instagram live and she said this or that. Instead of taking the time to understand it better and taking responsibility, that's, that's leadership. Those are the yeah. things that can alter our world. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and so that's why you, when you said you're teaching leadership from within. I was like, oh yeah, that's it. Because it goes back to, like I say, the road to your liberation is you looking in the mirror. So you need to look at the mirror. And what do you see there? You see yourself. So you just need to recognize that. Whatever you're trying to change, first of all, it has to come from, the change has to come from within. You need to be able to lead yourself from a place of, from a place of love, really, because if you're doing it from a, any other place, it's really just like the victimhood or anything. But if you can do it from that place from within, from the place of love, then it's going to be long lasting. It's going to be, it's going to be there. You can always turn to that inward self when something is not going the way you expect it to go. You can always look back to say, hey, but what is going on within me? Or why am I reacting to this situation in this particular way? And that way you, you must be living inside me. my head right now, Ida. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
<laughs> I'm the caretaker for my wonderful 89 and 91 year old parents. Mm. And my dad has dementia. And as you can imagine, there are days that are very challenging. And when I notice that I'm not reacting properly, I have to go within and go, what is it that I'm facing, that I'm challenged with, that I need to work on? Because they're who they are. Noticing that they're complete as they are. They're wonderful parents. They have been wonderful parents for all these years. But being in their space all the time and needing to be the caretaker, the, the adult in a sense in certain ways and not, not being um, judgmental in any way. My mom is hard of hearing. That, that was hard for me to learn that she's not doing any of this on purpose. She's not, not answering me because she doesn't care to answer me. She's having a hard time hearing. So understanding those things. Uh, my dad having certain issues, having to understand that piece of it and really come back to me and go, how am I reacting? What am I being in that moment? Those are huge lessons that I get to learn every day. Even though I turn around and teach and I go, here I am. I'm in my own teaching right now in this moment with two beautiful human beings that are going through life challenges that I need to show up as a better version of me and become a leader in that sense, leading myself out of whatever mindset that I might drag myself into at that moment. And they are so much fun for me to analyze them at the end of the day or as I'm going to go, wait a minute, Prima, you need to stop that. <laughs> You need to go to this level. That is such, such fun for me. There are days that I, at the end of the day, I go up to my mirror and I do my gratitude and I do all kinds of, and then I talk to myself and go, really, Rahima, really? That's how you showed up at that moment? What did you learn out of it? So leading, again, from within, I get all kinds of lessons every day, and I'm so blessed that I get to do that because as I turn around and I work with anyone, like, who am I showing up at? And am I allowing mm -hmm. them to show up as themselves? And truly, that's what I'm learning through my parents is they're a complete human being as they are with whatever they're going through. And my job as a caretaker and as their daughter is to allow them to be that and still take care of them. That's absolutely beautiful. <laughs> you know, the interesting conversations that you start to have with yourself, like the one you said. The conversations you start to have with yourself when you're in this space where you have taken responsibility and you are in this personal leadership space, the conversations are so different because right now I actually find myself catching myself. Like if I'm getting angry at something, I wouldn't, I'd actually stop to ask, okay, it's not like you made me angry, but it's more like, okay, why am I getting angry at this thing that you did? And so instead of looking outward to get the person to stop, I go inward to say, okay, but why am I responding? Why am I reacting? And so it just changes the conversations that you, that you have. It just starts to change those things and gives you like a newer perspective to, to see things. So it's, it's, it's quite an interesting topic. And I hadn't even like thought about it so much in that direction, but yeah. And for me, it shows you your, internal boundaries. What are the walls that you put up 
that you think, okay, this is how much I can deal with or how much I can do. And you really find out that you set the limits. You set every limit that's in there. And when you begin to break down those boundaries, because sometimes you don't, it's the opposite of putting up boundaries. It's breaking down the boundaries that allows you to expand, that allows you to see the things that are going on within you that, like you said, that person didn't do anything. They're being themselves. It's you reacting to whatever is going on in your mind and your upbringing and everything else. And that comes through to even the financial stuff, how people handle their finances. It comes back to what do they know? What have they learned? What have they heard? What, what runs through here that stops them? How much of that do you see as you're working with people? Every day, I see that every single day. And uh, an example I actually want to throw out there is something I saw on, um, I think it's several months ago, I saw a video on TikTok. And it was this lady, um, I think from an Asian background, and she was crying in a video where she was talking about she's moved over to the USA. Um, she is, she feels like she cannot do anything for herself. Like she's in the, in the field that she's miserable at. But because her family had put in all of this effort into getting her through university, she is supposed to be the... In, for lack of a better word, the retirement plan for her parents. And so she feels stuck because she cannot live her life for herself. She has to live the life that has been planned for her because if not, she's going to be a disappointment to the family because she was the one who was supposed to. Like they took care of her in this way because they expect that when she is at that place, she's going to make X amount of dollars every single month and this is how much they're going to get from her. And so... The disappointment from, from her part was just the fact that she cannot live the life that she wants for herself. She has to live the life that was planned for her. And even though she's miserable and everything, she cannot even have that conversation. She felt like she couldn't have that conversation with her parents because, first of all, they would not understand because she's brought up in the way of sacrifice. You have to do this for your family. So she's, she feels stuck. She just wants somebody to understand her. She, she just wants to do something that makes her happy, but she cannot because this is the retirement plan for the family. And so her whole conversation was like, she was really in tears, just ranting. And without knowing it, she didn't even know that this was something that would go viral, but it went like millions of views by the next morning. And now she's crying the next morning because she's like, she's brought disgrace to her family by telling this to the world. But the reason that resonated with millions of people, the reason that went viral is because there's more than her in the same situation. It's like every single person who is the first generation immigrant over here is probably in that same situation. Very likely. Unless your parents back home are well off and they're well to do. If you have family back home, it's very likely you're in that same situation. And so... To answer your question, yes, I see that a lot. And the challenge then becomes, how do you get people to realize that? Number one, you have to live your own life. And number two, like, yes, you've been brought up to believe that it's your duty to take care of your parents. But 
putting doing it out of resentment is both detrimental to you and to them. So what is it that you can start to do differently to address this? Because you can either not have the conversation and leave your life the way it is, resenting everybody, or you can look from within, find the strength to have this conversation so that things can start to change. And so that is a huge topic, Ida, especially mm -hmm. for people that move from one country to another that all of a sudden they're in a new home per se, but they bring their culture with them and they're learning to adjust in a culture that is completely different. You're right. Owning up to it and owning your life. Although it's not easy. Definitely. It's, it's not, not easy for someone to all of a sudden go, okay, no, I'm, I'm owning up to me and I'm going to take care of me. You can't all of a sudden just drop everything that you have been and become something else. Yeah. It's those growth and those tough conversations. They really are to go, how do I become me and still belong and fit and do things that are okay with my family, but may not continue to be at some point. Those are very tough conversations. <laughs> They are. They are. <laughs> and so uh, some people I've actually spoken with, um, there was a lady that I, between herself and her husband, they had like a lot of debt. And this lady and her fam and her husband, they were taking care of family back home in Africa. But they were extreme, they were in extreme amount of debt here. Mm. And their kids were going to start going to secondary school and they wanted to put the kids in like really good institutions. But they were like, in a lot of debt and they had X amount of dollars they had to send home every month. And so they, they took like, and I actually got this idea from them, from what they did. They called up the family back home. They had a conversation and they said, um, <laughs> I was like, really, you did that? <laughs> like they called up the family back home and they said, um, I'm at a place right now where I'm really struggling. I, I know I send money to you guys. I know I have to take care of you guys and everything. But right now, I cannot because I don't have the money. I'm in a lot of debt. All the money that I receive on a single, every single month, I've been sending to you guys and I've been leaving on credit cards. But I'm at a place right now where I recognize because they've never taken the time to look at their financial situation. So once they looked at it, they realized that they were sending all of their money back home and they were living on their credit. And so even though they were paying minimum payments or certain amount of payments every single month to the credit, it wasn't making a dent. And so something drastically had to change. And so they had to, like looking at everything, they knew that they had to reduce or cut off the amount they'd been sending back home in order to take care of this mess that they were digging for themselves. And so they had to have that conversation. And so they called up their parents and said, you know what, mom and dad, we love you so much. But right now we are struggling. We're in a place where we need we, like they calculated and they saw how long it was going to take for them to pay off the debt. And they're like, this is how long it's going to take for us to do this. And that means we cannot continue to send you what we've been sending on a monthly basis. This is what we can send to you. And we need you to be able to use that because there's no more. We cannot. Every month we're going to send you X amount, but that's all we can send. Like it was like a drastically lower amount. But those are the tough conversations that if you want to make the changes, you have to have them. Otherwise, you can just, 
you can avoid the conversations because they're too hard to have them and continue doing what you're doing. Or you can own up to it and know you're going to make some people angry, but it's for a short period in order to get to a place where you can actually do it. But for you to be able to do that, you need to know that like when I'm coaching people, I'm saying the first thing is create awareness. What is your situation? Are you aware of your situation? If you are, then the decisions after that are super easy. But if you're not aware and then you're going to call to say, I don't have, but you don't know that you don't have, then you start feeling guilty and you can't have that conversation. That is so true. Awareness is the very first place for them to understand where do they stand in their own life and what are they capable of. Because I know the airlines use the put your oxygen mask on first. Obviously, if you're needing oxygen, you need to put your oxygen mask on first so that you can be able to help someone else. Otherwise, what good is it? So you're right, them having those tough conversations and knowing where they are. And that conversation goes on even for people that are maybe first generation in the U.S. or Canada or anywhere else where their parents come from a certain mentality and now they're someplace new. And that person is growing up in a completely different culture and seeing both and they have that struggle within and to have those conversations, to go within themselves again and really understand who they are, what they need, what can they contribute, what do they need to let go of so that they can grow into the person that they need to be because they can't be their parents. You can't be anyone else except you. And I think that's a big struggle for a lot of individuals that move from one country to another is to be able to separate that you are in a completely different new area. And what you have to step in and do is different. And that takes courage, leadership to go, I'm not going to continue to do that because that's not what's right for me and my family anymore. Those Mm -hmm. are very hard conversations. And for the younger individuals that are launching their lives, those are very tough conversations. But as they go within and they begin to understand and to allow their parents to understand the stuff they may not even understand, but all they can do is have the conversations. Very right. And, and it's, it's a thing of knowing that you will make some people angry by that decision and doing it anyway, because you know that that's what's best for you. That's what's best long-term for the entire family. I notice a lot with the young individual if my thought process goes right. I lost it for a second. Um, pick up, I, I lost that thought. There was something where I was like, oh, I gotta say that. <laughs> the fun part about being alive. <laughs> yeah, those ideas that come and go, right? Yes. So. <laughs> Yeah. So it, it's when you mentioned about like being with the little younger adults, that is something that like, especially for the 18 year old, well, I think, well, let me use 18 because that is also a transitional phase, right? You're coming from the 17s where everybody like below 18, where they fully take care of you. So being at, it's like, oh, I can't wait to be 18 years old so I can do my own stuff. And then you get to 18 and you realize, well, it's just a new number. You're pretty much the same person in there 
But there's that conversation in your head, which is telling you now you're an adult, you can talk back at your parents. And now you're an adult, you can, you can make decisions on your own. But at the same time, you're still very likely, likely dependent on them financially or like for a lot of things. But how do you, and if this is part of the things you do, how do you help the kids in that phase navigate uh, transitioning from being a minor to being an adult and handling that aspect of like, okay, taking responsibility of the things that are their responsibilities. How do you handle that? That's a really good one, actually, Ida, because I've had people say that all of a sudden I turned 18 and the conversations changed. They say, I'm an adult and I'm responsible for all these things. When yesterday I was still a kid and they were helping me and doing all kinds of stuff. So the way I begin the conversation is to let them understand that there isn't any one human being in the world as much as they love them that they can completely agree with them on everything nobody not even your parents that you love or whomever you look at them and go there's always things that you disagree on but you still love them and you still respect them and you still treat them a certain way so it begins with that thinking is that now i'm responsible for myself because i'm transitioning from the child to the adult and having that type of conversation with their parent reverse it to go you're not going to agree with everything that i'm going to touch that i'm going to do however I'm in the process of growing and becoming me. So in your own way, you're going to have to let go and have to be okay with some of the things that I'm going to do because this is my learning process. I appreciate your input. I appreciate your feedback and movement. However, since you're telling me I'm an adult and expect me to do certain things, then you're going to have to also expect that I'm not going to get everything completely right every time. And some things I'm not going to do to your liking. But as long as I am doing them because I believe in them and can learn from those pieces and don't turn around and blame you and don't turn around and point a finger at you, we literally go through those conversations that you're taking responsibility and you're helping your parents, you're helping whomever understand that they got to give you that room and at the same time be able to ask for assistance and help when something doesn't make sense to you or you're not sure how to deal with it. You got to keep those conversation lines open. That's the best way that to deal with them so that they can feel like I can take control and at the same time I still have someone backing me up. I'm hearing that, and as a parent, it sounds like a really tough conversation to hear from your child. Um, wow, okay. So do you suggest maybe from around the age of 17, 17 and a half, they should start having this kind of conversation? So there is a phase where maybe the parents still feel like they... Well, it takes some adjusting for the parents because at 18, like you technically have to let them do whatever they what what is in their adult right to do but as a parent it's like okay yesterday they were 17 today they're 18 and it's as much as it is a uh, 
an abrupt change for the kids. I think it's also an abrupt change for the parents. And because there's no dialogue around that, I think it becomes a really, really hard place to navigate. Because as a parent, you're looking, but well, you were a kid just yesterday. How come you're doing this right now? And the kid is like, but I, I'm an adult right now. So why don't you let me do this? So it does start earlier, actually, Ida. You're right. Okay. It starts even at the 15, 14 age to begin to allow them to do things and have those conversations back and forth that I'm testing, I'm giving you leeway to be yourself, to do the things that you need to, from the parent to the child. And then from the child to understand that, hey, they just gave me carte blanche to do things. And if I mess up, because I intentionally not do the right thing, not listen, talk back, whatever, I'm causing myself to do, to become not what I needed to do, not who I need to be, and for my parent to be upset. So you start teaching those things in little increments as the kid is growing up that, hey, I'm giving you leeway. You might mess up, and it's okay. Come and talk to me. You don't have to hide. You don't have to be shameful. You don't have to do any of that stuff. I'm giving you leeway to be okay to go do this, and if something comes up, I'm here for you. So that back and forth develops so much better if you can have those conversations. And for the parent, and that is the talk part, for the parent to understand that you got to allow them to grow. You can't be with them 24-7. Life is not set up that way. They're going to run into situations that you're not with them and you really would love for your kids to be able to react properly, to be able to behave properly for their own sake, not because it's shameful or it's anything else for you, but because they need to know that I'm capable of making a decision. And if I don't make the right decision, it is not the end of life. I can come back and do something about it. And that's a really big deal for the young individuals where there's so much coming at them, Ida, that they feel like, it's the end. Oh, my God. If, if this goes wrong, that life is a disaster. And yeah. learning that part that it's not the end of life, it's not en the end of anything, you're simply growing. Everybody has to grow. Everybody has to learn. These are continuous conversations. They're not the easiest conversation, but they're the ones that turn out a society, turn out individuals that are capable of handling life, capable of treating each other better, leading better lives, really, and leading better businesses because they learn to communicate. They learn to understand that I don't have all the right answers. No one does. Everybody is learning as best as they can from what they have seen, what they have heard, and what they've attempted. And what goes next is, what did I learn? Where, where do I adjust? Take the next step. Well, that's absolutely true. <laughs> it's so true. Like th those are conversations that need to that need to happen. We need to teach that leadership from the home, from like not just rely on it happening at I don't know if it happens at schools, but not just relying on it happening maybe at schools, but also teaching it and, and for somebody to be a good leader. I think you need to allow them to be able to show that they can, especially for self-leadership, I think you need to allow them to show that they can 
lead themselves in certain ways. And making a mistake is not the end of the world. It's just, okay, what did you learn from it? And being that person to guide them to take them to the right direction. Those are hard conversations and hard pieces, even for us as adults. Yes. <laughs> you continually learn that, hey, I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to keep moving forward. <laughs> mm. <laughs> About your podcast. Um... Right now, it's once a week. I'm yes. working on moving it up to twice a week with the, uh, with the ability to go up to three a week. But right now, with taking care of my parents, once a week is what I'm doing. But come next month, hopefully, it will be twice a week. <laughs> nice, nice. And it's also on YouTube or it's just on the podcast platform? It's on YouTube. It's meant to be more like a YouTube show per okay. se. And then it goes on to all the audio platforms. I like to see the person as I'm speaking to them and allow people to really see who they are and understand their expressions. Because my biggest thing is if you don't truly know someone, it's so easy to judge them. It's so easy to make up your own rules of what's right and what's wrong for them. But as you get to know them a little bit more, you let go, you let your guards down or your boundaries down and go, oh, okay, I see where this is coming from. So it's very interesting to do a visual podcast versus a voice podcast only. Yeah, that's true. And the nicest part, Ida, honestly, is people are looking for people that are genuine, that are authentic, that if you mess up, so what, you mess up, who doesn't mess up, who doesn't, you know, say something that's not accurate sometimes and you fix it. Keeping them that way and not too much editing is really the nicest way. And I think that's why my podcast, I've been able to keep up with it, is I don't edit unless there's a very clear problem with the sound that I need to cut out. Otherwise, okay, here we go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's why when you said, let's do the live, I said, okay, let's go. Why not? <laughs> it's more genuine that way because we get to like, who would have known we've never spoken to each other, right? You just get to connect with people and you see how you connect and you're going to connect on something. So it's it's been good getting to know you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ida. I appreciate you. Same here. So this is going to end up on my YouTube channel. I don't know if you're going to put on yours. But it's Mine too. <laughs> awesome. So in case anybody wanted to reach out to you, what's the best place? Uh, Instagram is a great one. I'm under Planet of One or my name, Rima Hassan. I'm also on YouTube under Planet of One. So that's the easiest way to reach me. And I'm on Instagram more than anything else. So people can connect with me that way. All right. Awesome. And for those who are going to be watching this later in replay, you can find me at Ida Azefor across all platforms. I-D-A-A-Z-E-F-O-R. All platforms.